For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on 93.7 The Ticket at theticketfm.com. Austin Norman and Eric Strickland with you here on the block. Uh, the answer to our trivia question... Uh, is eight. Strick guessed 11 times that Tony Gwynn led uh, the National League in batting average. The answer is eight. And Brian, you are the winner. You nailed eight on the head. Um, a couple salt dogs, tickets, and a parking pass are yours. Uh, Axel Foley was almost on it. He was. Axel said seven. Craig said 13. Uh, so, yeah, Brian, again, a couple tickets are yours. Congratulations on that. Strick, I'll ask you this one, too, just for kicks. He led the National League eight times. How many times did he lead all of baseball? Four. Three. Oh. <laughs> so close. Yeah. Um, we did also have uh, this come out right now. Uh, Strick, an email from Keith Mann. Appreciate Keith doing this. But the Big Ten schedule release. We have... Um, that out. Nebraska's opponents in 2024-2025. Um, let me see here. Get it pulled up. All right. Uh, so 2024, uh, <coughs> nine conference games for Nebraska, four at home, and five on the road. So coming to Memorial Stadium in 2024, Indiana, Michigan State, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Those are Nebraska's home games in 24. The road games, Iowa, Northwestern, Penn State, Purdue, and UCLA. Mm. What do you make of that? I like it. I like it. I've never been to the big house. That would might be one. I have a nephew. Uh, shout out to Tim Grayman and, and my nephew out there, and he's attending Penn State. Uh, that might be one I might have to make a make a road trip on. Definitely UCLA. I've remembered going out there to the Rose Bowl to Pasadena when Nebraska played them, uh, what, 13 or 14? 12, 12? 13, 13, 14, somewhere um, in there. That, yeah. was, uh, that was fun. That was interesting. And um, I look forward. I did this 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 UCLA and USC deal is going to be pretty interesting. I got a cousin in Westwood. So if you want to make a trip out there, maybe we can take on the yeah, block on the road. Take on the block on the road. Let's do it, baby. Uh, they, they, they remember how, what do they do? Dun, 
I can't remember how it go, but <laughs> them doggone USC folks throwing up them twos or whatever the victory. It's the V, the v they yeah, say. I don't, like it. Um, I don't like it. So, yeah, that's the 2024 schedule. The 2025 schedule, five home games, four on the road in conference. You get Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, Rutgers, and UCLA at home in 2025. Why are they giving us these garbage home games? I need more. I need more. You know, some freshness in here. You get Iowa and Michigan. I don't want no Illinois and no boo. Okay, go ahead. Your road games in 2025, Strick. Are you ready for this? Talk to me. You go all the way east to College Park to play Maryland. Ooh. You go to Jay Foremanville. Minnesota. Ooh, Minneapolis. You go to Columbus to take on the Bucknuts. Ooh, the shoe. And you go to USC. Oh, my gosh. Boy, Coach Rule, you better get, hey, <laughs> you better get stacked and packed, baby, because uh, that right there is not going to be easy to hit. That's going to be a tough one. That's a tough schedule. The schedule seemed to be really, really not, you know, you used to be able to look at the schedule and kind of say, I might be able to squeak by if I got some some talent. Uh, you're looking mm. at these. You got, you got some work to do, baby. You better get it up and running yeah, here really pretty, some... pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so, again, this, this announcement just took place or is taking place since we're on the air here. Um, but the, the Big Ten said the schedules were developed based on what they're calling a Flex Protect Plus, which sounds – Funky, Sound hokey. Sounds weird. Sounds but, very hokey. But anyways, the, the the common English version of it is each school got to choose, you know, which games it got to protect, and it could be a different number. Nebraska had one game that it protected, and that was Iowa, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Nick and I were talking about this a little bit on um, Happy Hour. Nebraska doesn't have many rivals in the Big Ten. No, the closest one to it is Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, that's there. You wanted Wisconsin to develop into one. It didn't. You don't like Minnesota, but that's no. not a rivalry. You no. don't have any others with anyone in the West. Michigan, Illinois? No. No. Purdue? No. no. Northwestern? No. no. You had a really good series with Michigan State in the Legends yeah. of Leaders days, but not enough for Michigan State mm-hmm. to want to you know come back to that yeah. and protect yeah. it over Michigan. So, so, so now here's the crazy thing about that, though. Michigan State consistently is trying to make Michigan the rivalry, but Michigan keeps going, ah, and they keep saying, Ohio State. It's Lakers-Clippers. <laughs> right. They're like, Ohio State. They're like looking at Michigan State like, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You know, they keep just doing them like that. Now, Michigan every now and then will 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 go up and clip them, and it's their best game ever type of deal. But, yeah. Here, here's a list of the protected rivalries. Give me a, a quick no thumbs up, thumbs down, a clapper, boo, for okay. all these rivalries. Uh, Illinois Northwestern. Boo! Illinois Purdue. Mm. Eh. Is that a huh? Eh. Eh. Uh, Iowa, Minnesota. Indiana, Purdue. Eh. Iowa, Nebraska. Which one was the top one? Woo! Woo! Rick Flair. Rick Flair, Woo! boy. Okay. There we go. Uh, Iowa, Wisconsin. Maryland, Rutgers. Uh, you have Michigan, Michigan State. Minnesota, Wisconsin. Woo! Michigan, Ohio State. Woo! USC, UCLA. Woo! Not like a bad it. list Not there. Bad. Not bad. Not bad. Maryland, Rutgers is weird. I don't think that's a traditional rivalry. Is that him? 
I assume so. Let's go to the uh, Allo VIP line. Welcome in our guy in ACC country, Mr. Andrew Alex. Andrew, what's going on? What's going on? Sorry, there uh, he I got is. a call from the boss man right before I right when uh, I was calling. Go on there, and I, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you don't want to tell the old boss man Mm-mm. to uh, kick rocks. So I let <laughs> no. him. I let him say his piece, and uh, we move forward. Andrew, Alex, good to have you as always, man. Uh, we've been talking about uh, quite a few things over here today. Um, I, I, I just want to talk about the schedules that have come out. Uh, what do you think about, like, you know, our rivalry still exist? Like, that's really the question I want to throw out to you because do rivalries still exist? And if they do, where do they exist? Because it seems to me, especially in professional sports, it's become a rivalry of personalities or people. And in, in, in sports, as far as professionally in football, are there still rivalries? And we know that there's still some in the ACC. I would like to find out where those exist. Is it in more in basketball or in football? Who they are? Because we we just had trouble finding out who the rivalries are right here in the Big Ten, uh, let alone anywhere else. Tell what's your thoughts on that as far as rivalries are concerned these days? Do they exist? Uh, yeah. So I mean, definitely a lot of prongs to that question there, Strick. And uh, I don't think there's any easy defined answer for it, if you will. I mean, if you look at the professional level, I think that you made an excellent point there. I mean, what? All right, Strick. I'll, I'll tell you this: what rivalry? In the National Basketball Association, what's the biggest rivalry in the last 20 years? It would have to be Lakers-Celtics. Cavs-Warriors? Yeah, I was, okay, maybe I should have said the last 10 years, but yeah, I was going to go with Cavs and Warriors. Two teams that rarely ever play each other, but because of a timepiece, because of individual, you know, talented players, and the fact that, you know, for a five-year period, four years, but, you know, kind of like five years, uh, you know, it was those two teams in the NBA Finals each and every year representing that duality and, and, you know, two very different kinds of teams and, you know, two very different kinds of stars and two very different parts of the country. You know, it all centered around that. But now... They're not really rivals anymore. Like the rivalry started in 2014, and it ran through 2019, and that's that. Yeah. So, you know, that's pretty crazy, but that's just, you know, the reality of the situation on the ground. So I, I think, but at the same time, right? Like, you know, I think that in the in the internet age, in when things are so nationalized, you know, in, in every aspect of life, uh, sports, culture, politics, uh, you know, you, you, you do focus on that, but regional ties still do exist. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, my, my, my father, I don't know if I've ever told you this trick is a Duke alum. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And, and he just truly passionately hates North Carolina. The University of North Carolina North and everything Carolina. they stand for. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> because that's everlasting. It, it, like that's never wise going man. anywhere. Wise man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two schools down the road from each other with premier basketball programs competing against each other. You know, it is 
or, or even in uh, you know in professional hockey, right? Like when you have, I, I thought that one of the best theories of the playoffs was when the Devils were playing the Rangers mm. because. You know, it's two teams located across the Hudson River from each other mm-hmm. who have played each other, you know, so many times throughout the regular season. They might be neighbors in some sense. And culturally, right, and because, you know, I'm a New Jersey native. I went up there actually for uh, the Devils, the Devils in the second round. But just making phone calls, talking to people at home, you know, a Devils-Rangers playoff series that went to a decisive game seven. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Huge. That put friendships on pause. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> People, you know, your workplaces lost X amount of productivity because coworkers were unwilling to communicate with each other over a hockey series. <laughs> Right. You know, that's why your Amazon package was late. So, yeah, I think rivalries <laughs> definitely still do exist. Well, let, let, I think that as things get nationalized, they can take different forms. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think that, uh, you know, you'll always have your Duke, North Carolina. You'll always have your Ohio State, Michigan. Giants fans are always going to feel a different way when the Eagles or the Cowboys come to town. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's rivalries of proximity, rivalries of tradition, and, and then ultimately, you know, new rivalries can be formed. Right. Uh, you know, like, uh, I, I'm well, trying to think of a... No, don't, don't think about it. Know, Let me throw this out Alabama to you. Alabama and Georgia didn't even used to be rivals, but they're probably rivals But they now. probably are now, right. Let me throw this out to you, because let, let's talk about the Cinderella rivalries. And, and here, let the, pause before I, I, I break it down to you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the stepsister rivalries, right? The ones where you want to create the rivalry, the Michigan-Michigan State, but really it's Michigan-Ohio State, right? When you want to create the rivalry, the USC-UCLA, but really it's USC-Notre Dame, right? The stepsister rivalries. Talk about those. Like how the little stepsisters trying to create the rivalries um, – and and but they really don't exist, but they do exist because of proximity and because you probably are are right near to each other. Like for example, you like you said the 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 Devils and the Rangers, but really the stepsister is Islanders, right? And 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 the Rangers, right? So can 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 you talk about how that dynamic forms too? Yeah, and it is interesting. It's trick. I think it comes down to the old adage to be the man. You have to beat the man, right? You know, mm-hmm. everyone's got that 
10,000-pound gorilla on their back, especially, like you said, you know, where, where, you, where you just feel kind of like you are indeed little brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for, for instance, for example, you, know, you talk about Ohio State, Michigan, right? Well, you know, the, the guy at, at me and Nathan's old station that we used to work at, big Michigan fan, had some Michigan State friends. You love talk down to them but that was the rivalry that at that time a few years ago was the only one that michigan could actually compete in mm-hmm. right or they went and took a game against ohio state yeah you know on the other side you know you think about virginia tech uva uh if you remember for a long time i believe virginia tech had won 17 straight football games against uva it was awesome you know sometimes sometimes both teams were bad and virginia tech would win Sometimes UVA would be having the best season in history, or you know, in the ten years for them, and then Virginia Tech would go out and drum them forty nothing in the last week of the season. It was tremendous. UVA has gotten one back, and I, I think that ultimately, in, in the grand scheme of things, is probably a good thing because it's good to have a competitive rivalry. But if you ask someone like Nathan Brennan, who do you hate most? You know, as a Virginia Tech football fan, what team? You know, if. Is it you Virginia or West Virginia? If win at any game, who would you pick? <laughs> He's always going to say the University of Miami. Because, you know, it, once you have a rivalry that just ends up being too lopsided, mm. you know, you're going to pick a bigger dog. And even for, you know, a, you know, you mentioned Michigan, Ohio State, Ohio State. Well, then who's Ohio State looking up towards? Ohio State's looking up towards the teams that, you know, they've been unable to beat in the college football playoffs. Gotcha. The Georgias, the Alabamas, the Clemsons when Clemson was at their peak. There's always something further to strive for. And when you achieve that, you're just going to go on to look the next, the next thing. Mm-hmm. That's human nature's trick. Yeah. You can go out and make a million dollars, and you want to be the guy that makes $2 million, and so on and so forth until you're Jeff Bezos, and then you realize you, know, you, you can't buy the world. So everyone's always going to be striving for more. So, I mean, I think that as long as human beings are, are looking for advancement of status, there'll always be those dichotomies, but I think they're good for sports. Andrew, we're talking a lot about schedules because the Big Ten just came out with its model for the 24 and 25 seasons. SEC Media Days, there were headlines about the, that conference sticking at only eight games. But I want to loop your ACC expertise into this because I wouldn't have been shocked to see the Big Ten uh, go three six six, whereas the ACC goes three five five, just based off of numbers uh, in conference. But instead, the Big Ten goes with a, a flex protect plus system, which will take some getting used to. It's a mouthful, but I think the Big Ten did that just because there aren't that many teams that have you know three games they need to play every year. Do you like that idea from the Big Ten, or do you think it would have been simpler just to tell everyone to you know fall in line? You'll get three games, then you'll play the other six uh, kind of on an alternating basis like the ACC's doing? Uh, you know what? I, here's what I'll say. I wouldn't have necessarily minded the uh, the ACC doing it the way the Big Ten did, because here's what mm-hmm. happened when the ACC did what they did. You end up with teams like a Wake Forest in football. Like, who are Wake Forest's natural rivals? Well, you know what? Like, I guess like UNC, right? But then UNC has to play Duke. USC has got a long-standing rivalry with Virginia, and it just gets really complex. And people end up getting, like, for instance, I used the Nathan Brennan Miami example earlier. Nathan Brennan devastated that we didn't get Miami as one of those locked-in games of those three teams. But the reality is Miami's got to play Florida State 
we have to play UVA, and then we're a closer natural rival to Pitt. And then we just got stuck with Wake Forest because they couldn't find three natural rivals to Wake Forest. We're the closest team geographically to them other than those teams in the triangle, uh, you know, between NC State, uh, Duke, and North Carolina, who I believe, by the way, they're already, like, they have two of those guys in there. So uh, it, it overcomplicates things, and, you know, the, with the randomness of the Big Ten, like, who are you pulling out to be the two locked-in games for USC and UCLA? It'd be, be kind of hard to manufacture that, if you will. So I, I think the direction the Big Ten is going, where you know it seems like they already uh, they already don't really care that they're going to have you know teams out in California and teams in New Jersey, and that we're going to have to fly the women's volleyball team from UCLA to Rutgers to play regular season games. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, it is, uh, I think that the way that they they did it is fine, though. Uh, I, I do like. Some of the consistency, knowing that at least, like, you know, every year Virginia Tech's going to be able to play Pitt, Virginia Tech's going to be playing UVA, Virginia Tech's going to be playing um, uh, Wake Forest, I guess, which is, you know, all drivable games if you're in Blacksburg or, or you know, for in the Wake Forest case for me and someone who lives in the state of North Carolina. Uh, so as long as you're protecting rivalries, which the Big Ten did, right, like, mm-hmm. did, what I think they did it the right way because ultimately if you're protecting – if you were only going to protect one game per team, and then you'll say you're not protecting Michigan State, Michigan, so you can protect Michigan, Ohio State, that's going to get complicated. You know, it's going to jeopardize tradition and something that matters to the alumni and regionally. Uh, I think they did a good job of balancing it, so I'll give them credit. I think that, you know, taking yourself out of the rigid structure allows for that, and kudos to the Big Ten for pulling it off. You mentioned the you know pulling the two games for the teams out west, but then I'm glad you brought up the you know New Jersey, uh, you know Pennsylvania, Maryland wing of things because you know Maryland and Rutgers as the you know previous two newest additions to the Big Ten are in the conference. They're not leaving. They don't have any you know true natural rivals in the Big Ten. That's the game that got protected for those two schools. Was that Maryland Rutgers game that absolutely no one in their right mind is going to confuse as a legitimate rivalry. So I think to some degree, the Big Ten made the best of a situation it put itself in by expanding so far. I mean, it's clunky, but it's about as, you know, WD-40, a clunker as you can get, right? Yeah, I mean, it's always, it is always tough to manufacture a rivalry, right? I mean, I think, uh, oh gosh, what was, uh, what is it called? Austin, you'll remember this, maybe, right? When they tried to make a, a trophy game out of uh, UCF versus UConn. The civil, civil conflict. conflict. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you, you know, you can't manufacture it. Uh, I mean, Big Ten lines, regionally, like some of that stuff is, is going to be there. I think that, you know, one of the best things about college sports is tradition. And, you know, I, I think in pursuit of, you know, the, the, the high and mighty dollar. <laughs> I, I think some of the tradition of, of the Big Ten, you could say the same for for the ACC. Virginia Tech being in the ACC is, you know, a long-term product of it, uh, you know, has has been jeopardized. But uh, I, I think it's in the best interest of the conference to try to manufacture these rivalries. I, I think it's in the, the better interest of the conference to, you know, a, try to elevate these teams moving forward, you know, have 
you know, get to the point where maybe one day a, a Rutgers Maryland game could mean something. I don't think we're anywhere close to that, but it's not impossible. <laughs> sure. So, so I, I, I think that you know, because at the end of the day, Maryland and Rutgers and New Jersey aren't like fundamentally that close. It's like a four-hour drive. There's a, and, and in, you know, in the world, it's, a, it's not like a four-hour drive in Nebraska. Right? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people in that four-hour drive that care about totally other things than Rutgers or Maryland uh, <laughs> that are in there. But the number one thing that can create a rivalry outside of tradition, which obviously you can't create tradition because tradition is something that comes from the past, and proximity, which... You know, the rivalries of proximity are tend are going to tend to have already existed. Playing games that matter. Stakes. Playing games that mean mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. right? So, at, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. And, uh, you know, you think about it for, uh, you know, I mean, like in basketball, the Duke fans don't love Virginia Tech because Virginia Tech on the, on the hardwood gives them a run every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, true. It, mm-hmm. it is what it is. That wasn't, I mean, I wouldn't call it a rivalry yet, but it's turning into somewhat of a rivalry over the course of the last 10 years. Because they've played games that mean something. Because, you know, the little brother showed up and put himself out there. So uh, it's, uh, you know, the science of rivalry. Not what I thought we were going to talk about today, but it's been an interesting (laughs) conversation. (laughs) It's been fun. Andrew, uh, we got to hit a break here before we wrap up our show. Uh, Thanks for your time. Thanks for balancing your work life and your your, your fun with us. We appreciate you coming on. And, uh, Big thank you for bringing up the civil conflict and Bob Diaco's role in that. <laughs> no problem, guys. Sorry I was a little bit late. Uh, I will be in approximately, looks like two hours actually now. Nathan is on a plane. He'll be landing in Charlotte. And then uh, I will be driving with him to Folly Beach, South Carolina, where we're going to one of our old buddies from Tech's bachelor party. Should be a wild weekend. Hopefully, I come out alive. Strick, we'll send you some Snapchat. All right, yes, sir. Always good to hear from you, uh, Andrew Alex. Two Four Seven Sports always joining us here on Thursdays. Usually, great content, great information. We got to take a break. Old school crew will be in the building for the crossover right after this. We'll be right back on the block. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.